All right, welcome everyone to Midlife Crisis with my fellow co-hosts Steve and Jeff. I'm so happy to be in the saddle again with y'all and uh, excited to hear how everyone's new year went down. Happy new year. Yeah, episode number seven, guys. What? Wait. Yep. Is that uh, is that something epic? I think this is kind of the... This is the test. If we can get one after this, if we don't break apart the band, then then I think it means we're going to stay for a while. Unless one of us leaves and then, you know, we make a million, millions of dollars like the Beatles and then have a good story to tell. True. But if the all-in can do it, we can yeah, do it. Yeah, true. true. As we, we were just mentioning. So just like the all-in today, we're going to kind of get into some uh, predictions for 2024. And maybe we'll revisit those um, in the at the end of 2024 or, the, or maybe early next year and see how we did if we were right about some of these. Um, but yeah, how was everyone's New Year? Before we kind of get into that, what what did you uh, what you guys do? Kept it easy. Yeah, really, really. Mellow. Anyone stay up enough for the uh, for the midnight hour? Uh, yeah, I think we that stayed the- up usually wrote a lot of code oh you got through code okay so you're coding i like it good for you it's kind of a usual thing the laptop is always in front (laughs) i mean even while you know even while somebody's reading or somebody's watching netflix or whatever Mm -hmm. like the laptop is there you can start you know continuing to follow and generate so it's were you um, tweeting with the laptop or were you actually doing some work there were you, yeah. were you uh... tweeting about working? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? Productivity hacks. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't do. You don't do tweeting, that. right? You don't do yeah. the axing or whatever it is. No, 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 no. I, I just did some. I think it's something that I could get into if I felt that I had something really important mm. to share with an audience, and I think um, I kind of feel like far too many people have far too many opinions and are far too willing to share them. Um, And, and I, I I guess, I mean, that's the whole job of social media is to be that platform for communication. But um, there's a lot of just opinions that I, you know, that I guess I, that don't resonate with me. (laughs) So, so I mean, people have opinions. That is for sure. I guess yeah. the, the problem is the frequency and the ease at which uh, they share them and sometimes don't think the stuff through. You know, Not people. Uh, are, I would say people more than are, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Impulsive yeah. tweeting, drunken tweets. Those are the best. No. Well, it's, uh, it's interesting because I joined. Current events. Yeah. Current events, right. I, mean, I, I, I followed a bunch of entrepreneurs back in the day thinking that would be kind of a protected field of more elevated discussion. And it's basically a big brag fest. It's like one person, oh, let me, here's my 10, 10 tweet uh, on what you're doing wrong and how I made a million dollars from, you know, five cents in three I days. I did it faster than you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going way more. You should shut your companies <laughs> yeah. down. You haven't done it quick enough. Exactly. Let me, yeah, exactly. Let me tell you what you're doing wrong and what I'm doing right. And, um, you know, and then it's, it's weird too, because you'll come across these profiles of people that are like 21 
and in their description it's just like you know venture capitalist and you're just like right 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 what <laughs> how did you how did you acquire this title and and are you a venture capitalist or are you a staff member working at a venture capital firm i don't know i mean it's are you like a, an executive or assistant do you that... do you follow people who are venture capitalists and tweet and like you're going to invest right following their pattern yeah going to take well, what, what is the litmus test for that money? cool you're a venture <laughs> capitalist i have a great idea how much would you know if i needed cash from you yeah how, you know how much would you yeah where would you put it yeah that's funny i don't know um yeah follow your noahs on a lot of these things i'd rather join a community mm. um, and and find some noteworthy people mm -hmm. than you know i guess looking for individual noteworthy people and then being disappointed that there's no community there um you know mj demarco like created a whole environment for his community hmm. um and uh, i don't know i mean steve, that's what rob did right like yeah. rob walling right i mean yeah. microconf right yeah so, yeah, so I, steve and i, I met that. through that right um microconf yeah. which is a which is a community for SaaS. I wouldn't say all SaaS, but technology-related entrepreneurs, often solopreneurs. And um, I would say much more level-headed and thoughtful and helpful than any Twitter sphere or X That's the value, get. right? Yeah. What, what value are you bringing? Don't mm. bring me your quippy anecdote about this <laughs> and that, but, but you know, what value are you bringing to the marketplace? Mm -hmm. How many people can you help today? Um, right. Whether that's your your customers or the others that are trying to do the same thing. What are you building? And I think, so yeah, like you, you said, uh, new year was nice. So I'm, um, we went down to some friends house, had a nice, it was, they had kid. they had their kids, uh, running around. We had our kids running around. So we did our best to have an adult conversation amidst the, uh, the chaos that ensued. Um, but it was, it was pleasant. Um, my wife has her family in town this week, uh, visiting from across awesome. the States. And so, um, she said, you know, you, have, you, I think I, I think she took a bit of a two or three day trip earlier this year by herself just to kind of get her mindset, um, minds, you know, clear again. And, uh, she said, go take it while my family's here. Cause they can help me with the kids. And, so I randomly found an Airbnb down in the desert. I kind of felt like I needed to come to the desert. I felt drawn to it and I found, I had an envision of what I wanted and it's pretty much exactly that. I, I arrived last night, I booked it yesterday and uh, here I am in the desert and it's a beautiful 70 degrees outside. I'm gonna go for a hike after this. And uh, my goal though is to, I think I remember hearing Rob Walling and his wife did this for years. This is kind of why, where we got this idea. Uh, I got a lot to Rob, uh, but anyway, his, his, he often talked about taking like a couple days every year to kind of plan out the year, think about what you want to accomplish, what this year is going to look like, and then kind of uh, evaluate how the year has gone. And that will be that's I've done a little bit of that so far. I'm going to try to do a little bit of planning, thinking about what it you know what's really important this year. Nothing di nothing too much different than the the goal I said last time, which is to really make this a year of marketing for our business. Um, but also mm -hmm. what do I want, uh, that to look like? And also what, what other kind of things do I want to, um, to have happen in my life this year, personally, even so yeah. that's kind of what I'll be. There, there's people awesome. that sometimes do the end of year retrospective, mm -hmm. looking backwards 
about the things you did, the activities, and totally. whether or not you know whether or not it, it moved all the needles you wanted to. Yeah, I think yeah. looking forward and you know the thought of having a plan, living intentionally, um, mm -hmm. putting things together. Um, you know the, the you know what what was some I think a friend of mine said yeah last year was the year of the fatness. I'm like, oh, okay. And this year is the year of the fitness, right? All um, right. You know, being able to look back and even evaluate the things that, yeah, that didn't work. That didn't work. That's that's often just as valuable as trying to figure out what will work or hoping what will work or putting plans together about what kind of work you want to do. Um, do you so wait we, a whole year to reevaluate? I don't think you should. Or do you have like a shorter period of time to say – like, no, this isn't working or like, is, is it just a yearly thing? Or like, are there any other breaks you take like throughout the like month quarter yeah. or anything to analyze like what your trajectory is? Like if you're me you're personally or, or, or Kev. Yeah. I mean, just any of you guys, like, I mean, you know, we're talking about kind of like at the end of the year, like having a retro, but do you do that? Like at the end of the month to say like, mm -hmm. what did I do to move closer to my goal that I'm trying to reach at the end of the year? Yeah, I think if you have an inflection point, or if you even set up those, you know, those checkpoints with yourself to say, let's, let's evaluate, especially something that you're trying that's new. Um, and I, I think there are habits that we get into, you know, and that's the stuff that is old. Um, I, I think being able to ditch the bad habits and replace the, the new ones. Um, you know, that's always a good thing to be mindful of. Um, Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg great book for talking about the process of uh, replacing habits effectively tying things together um, yeah, motivation ability prompt the fog behavior model <laughs> you you know it great book um for developing uh replacing creating new habits and and um building the systems that then but yeah are there any goal setting frameworks that you you follow or is it like, I mean, if we're thinking about, you know, kind of like setting, like, where do we want to be, mm -hmm. you know, like personal business, uh, other, other kind of things, like, are there any frameworks or any, any books you guys have read or any, any methodologies that you're using to track this? Or is it just kind of, I think at the end of the year, I want to weigh 20 pounds less, or mm. at the end of the year, I want to have this much more money, you know, top line in, in my business. Like, I think yes to all of that. Uh, are there systems? Um, I think there are systems. Um, I, I would even say, you know, Andy Frisella is like, you know, live hard or, you know, um, you know, th there are systems and things for personal improvement, personal development. Tony Robbins is great about, you know, developing systems and- uh, Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like, are you guys using any of those for your, for your goals or for like how? How you would yeah, there's it? Is it more kind of my kind wife of has started to, so she's going to get us in one. She's actually the one who's actually organized between us with that stuff. <laughs> Unfortunately, awesome. I'm not. Uh, but there's that, there's a guy that I used to listen to his podcast. Oh, what is his name? I have to think of it. But anyway, it's kind of, the idea would be you have a journal. He kind of made the journal, of course, and I think it's about a three month journal and so you kind of just work together so we're gonna the plan for us is to get two journals on fire it's like not him that does that i did his actually a few years ago and i actually did like his 
it's another guy who used to be like a book uh, publishing executive. Um, okay. Let's see, goal setting. I'll see if I can find it. But anyway, the the idea was, um, again, we, we're going to kind of work together, do it, you know, weekly or whatever, and then at the end of the three months or a quarter, basically, you kind of look at at what you've done and and see mm-hmm. how things are going. Um, we'll I'll let you know how that goes. I I do think some sort of structure is is helpful. Yeah. So it sounds like you guys have a, a structure in place that you're following. That you're yeah. Well, I think does. Jim Jim Rohn. Yeah. has has a really good you know goal setting uh, workshop and um you can hear recordings of it so jim Rohn, um okay his goal goal setting process is really good it gets you into that point of free free thought thinking you know start to write down these things that you want to achieve the things you want to be the you know the weight you want to weigh, the places you want to see, the, you know, the moon shots you want to take. Yeah. And um, he, along the way, you know, he just says, just start writing. You've got 15 mm-hmm. minutes to write as many of these things down, you know. Um, you know, I actually want to, you know, meet Kevin Bacon so I can be one degree of separation. You know, like <laughs> just e- everything that you want to achieve. He also gives you permission at any time to take this list of goals that you have and gives you complete permission to say, eh, throw the list away if you want and start anew at any time. I mean, Steve and I talk about that, you know, about about books or audiobooks or books that we're reading. And if they don't resonate, don't waste your time. You yeah. Know, it's, yeah, you'll it's come back to them. Permission. Sometimes. You have complete permission from the universe to stop investing in that and find something that does resonate something that uh you know gives something back to you um you know tons of books that that go half read and that and that's okay if it's not giving you something at that point that doesn't mean it won't in the future like steve just said but um Mm -hmm. you don't need to oh i gotta i started this i must finish it there's some are you guys like that like do you i don't know do you feel like the tendency like, I don't know, Kevin or Jeff, like if you start a book, do you feel like you have to finish it or are you okay with not finishing it? Like it's... I'm okay with not if I'm, if I'm getting, if I'm not finding it to be that intriguing and, and, and enticing. Um, but at the same time, there are certain ones, I think the more practical ones, I do feel it would be nice to finish to kind of get through so there's a bit of a tendency i have something called um it used to be called scribed now it's called something like i can't remember what it's called but they changed the name of the app and it was a 10 about a 10 dollar a month subscription and you get ebooks and audiobooks on a kind of subscription basis now they have it in spotify a little bit too and oh, so yeah, there's I noticed, like all the spotify posts, yeah like, we were just talking about that steve and i like you know yeah yeah it's a game it's changer, great i think like but I don't finish a lot of them. I, if I look at our list, there's many I've started, <laughs> just never finished. So I, I certainly can't say that I, I – I don't feel too much guilt about it. But at the same time, there's some, certain things that I can get a little too ambitious about. Like, oh, I want to read this. and that. Wouldn't that be good? And I can find that I, I might have a desire to absorb that information, but I'm not willing to put the energy out to do it. You know, so, you know, It would be nice if it was like The Matrix where you could just stick it in your – brain and yeah. and suck it in there but um because some things are not enjoy- as enjoyable to to read as others um and a lot of times that's you know 
maybe yeah. a fiction book might be a little more fun, but it's important. And um, I kind of do feel like I'm, I need to improve on taking valuable books about business, especially ones that relate to what I'm doing and integrating them into my life. That is something that I'd like to, to get better at because I think I'm, I think a lot of times, or even just valuable content, there's a lot of times where I'll just kind of wing it uh, and uh, hope for the best. And I think I've done, as I've talked about a few episodes ago, I think I've sort of taken that approach with SEO without really um, having a plan, having any kind of fundamental understandings, any structural understandings of the, of the topic and just kind of right. you know hacked it. And uh, so I started a course um, last week on like the fundamentals of SEO. A lot of it I already know, but there's some things that I'm just like, oh, wait, that I, did, I didn't think of it that way. Um, and it's it's actually helping me re-shift my, my to-do list. I'm like, okay, actually, let me, set, let me re restructure my priorities oh, awesome. here. So I think I could do a lot better in that area. Well, that's what about the you, year, Steve? right? So this, or this is the year. Yeah, this is it. What about, you know, you seem like you're someone who's, you know, the way you're actually, the questions themselves indicate that there's a pretty high level awareness of some of this, like some of the structures and some of the planning. Do you do uh, some of that? No, I, I think the problem is like I, I read too many books and know like too many ways. And a, a lot of the time, and, and that's really the thing is like finding like just what works for you, right? Because mm-hmm. even like for growing your business, like do this, do that, have an audience, don't have an audience. Um, yeah. Like all of these things, right? They, they contradict and more than contradict, they take time. And so you can put together like 10 different methodologies you're going to follow and you won't be able to follow them because you spent the whole year putting them together. And what so do they I, take? I, think... I mean, they, sorry. I think I recently read something about, you know, maybe that's a protection mechanism where that's people hiding from the actual work. They'd rather mm-hmm. learn totally. about. So yeah, it's called action faking, right? Like yeah. you're, I was really busy working on a logo. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. right? right. So, so it's some of that stuff, right? I mean, I think we all probably get caught up in that. I know I do when I start going down rabbit holes of, well, I'd really like this to now do this and this and this. And it's like, just, just wait, put it on a to-do, right? Like keep track of it, do it later, get the rest right. of the stuff done. That's important. Yeah. What's the next best thing to do? I think that's, um, that'd be yeah. So I don't know that I have a framework. I mean, I, I think the big thing is do less. So just, right. I, I used to try to like have a whole bunch of things that I wanted to do. And I guess there's this concept called like the four burner theory, where it's like your friends, your family, your wealth and your business. And like, you can't have them all be even, right? Yeah. So there's always like this, this balance. And I think it was like Steve Chu and uh, hmm. the guy from the e-commerce crew, like hmm. they did kind of an episode on it, but it comes down to like kind of pick where you want to focus. Right. And so. I think just kind of trying to pick where those are and even having goals and in each of those areas is fine, but recognizing that you only have a limited amount of time. So kind of like we talked about last time was just being present, like in being really intentional, like with those moments you have with your kids, like Mm. really giving it your all, like leave nothing else, you know, like leave nothing on the table, right? Like when you're done, like you're done, like, you know, you did, did your best. And so just focusing on what are the key things and then evaluate often, like even evaluate like every day or try to get yourself to think through things. Like I, I have reminders 
on my phone and stuff that just like say like what I'm working on. So then I just like keep thinking about that and thinking about that. And so it, it just pops in, like, am I doing something useful that's going to like bring me forward or, mm. you know, let my family know that I love them or whatever versus like, am I just somehow on some rabbit hole, you know, I don't know, on Wikipedia clicking around, like, and now yeah. I know more about the Mississippi river than I wanted to. Right. Like just, I don't know, just random stuff. Right. And it's then, easy to yeah, let that happen. Where you, you know, especially when you're planning, I think this is why a lot of these goal things are a little dangerous because people can start to um, have all these new plans because they think they can do it all. And, um, and then they fail at all, all of them. Um, I think that has been one of my things for this business is, and my wife will remind me of this. It's the one, one number one criti- critique of me is I try to bite off too much. And I'm trying to do too many different types of like non-related things at a, at the time at a time, thinking that they all need to be done. And it's like I really need to sometimes question and look at everything and say, does this really need to happen? And and if it doesn't, can it wait? Um, and so I think I've decided to intentionally kind of slow down the development side of things this year so that I can focus on marketing, but even in the marketing space to be really sober about what it is I can actually accomplish this year and what it is and, and what is not worth it going after. So again, I, I, I I've mentioned that I'm going to try a few different things, throw a little spaghetti in the wall. And then once I find the one or two things, I'm going to try to double down on that. But I really then at that point need to stop the other thing, like actually fire the person or not fire, but let, lay that person off if they're helping me. It's maybe helping me with a project that's not working or just and or just stop it um, and wait until I actually need that or it's time to resume that again. So it's it takes discipline. Assuming, assuming resources are finite. Correct. You know, yeah, um, you, you can get pretty particular pretty quickly about those important things and where those resources are going. Yeah. Um, I, and I usually they um, are. I mean, even even I've, I've been reading this book on the. Um, I think it's called like, I don't know what the name of it is, like how Apple lost its innovation, et cetera. It's kind of interesting. It's a book of three or four years old and it's kind of a fun book to read, but they go into the, the takeover, the retakeover of Steve jobs back at Apple and the previous CEO to him. And I think it was two CEOs before him when he came back, it was like 95 or 96 saw the Mac line and he was like an engineer kind of mindset. And he, um, he realized, oh, I see the problem. Apple's too focused on design and not performance. We need to go all in on performance. And he was like obsessed with, he was this German guy who was like obsessed with CPUs and performance. And so he he made the Mac line go from like five computers to 40. So 40 different variations. Wow. And he blew up the whole product line and he said, doesn't matter, just make boxes. It doesn't matter. Everyone else is making boxes. We'll just go with bland beige boxes and he that's what he did and then after a year and a half of that not working they fired him and so you know maybe his plan would have worked i don't know maybe give it time but it clearly it's not apple it wouldn't have been like the apple we know today and steve jobs came back and he got rid of all the um, he fired a bunch of people and got rid of all the different designs and came back to like again four or five and i think it was a good lesson in like you know, yes, they had a lot of money. They were making, you know, a billion dollars, but they were also wasting a billion dollars. 
-hmm. So once he kind of started, you know, so I would say, you know, for me, it seems like it's a good rule of thumb that, you know, resources probably are, are usually limited and that's probably a good thing. You know, if you have too much, you can just let everything keep running. Yeah. It just gets sloppy. Right. I mean, and that's what you see is like when you have so much money, you just throw it kind of everywhere and you're just trying to get like these trying to get home runs or even bases right. just with a bunch, but you lose so much because I think you lose like that discipline or you lose that focus that you had when you were scrappy. Right. I think who's it they talk about um, like Alibaba when they wanted to like build some ad platform. Like I think, hmm. I don't know that it was Jack Ma, but there was another guy at the time. He's like, we're going to use my apartment for developing this stuff. Interesting. Go buy some old computers off eBay. Right. And they're like, well, if we're going to compete with Google, we need all this other stuff. And he's like, no, just nice. buy this other crap. Cause, and it turns out it kind of works. And I think mm-hmm. even, I don't know exactly how like X or Twitter kind of played out, but they reduced headcount by quite a lot. Oh, my and, gosh. Yeah. Because also, and, and somehow, that, yeah. And so somehow it, it still ended up working out. So I think, yeah. I don't know. I th- and I guess I don't know what working out actually means, but. Like they're still around. Twitter's alive. And yeah, so they didn't die. So that, that is another kind of interesting thing. Formerly known. I mean, yeah, it's a good point about the headcount with Twitter because I just, uh, again, I just read the bio, the bio of him recently of Walter Isaacson's and they reduced it from like 8,000 people to 2,000 or something like that. And everyone was thinking that the lights would shut off and the servers would go down and it never happened. Um, if anything has destroyed that company, it's his personality, not, not his, he made a wise business choice in getting rid of the, the people, I, I would say, uh, you could argue, but, uh, his, his almost self destructive, you know, nature of blabbing and, you know, saying things. That yeah. yeah I mean, super, super polarizing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... Polarizing. Yes. Good point. So, um, anyway, so that's, that's kind of my thought on this year. Any, um, yeah. So anything, I think we talked about it last time. I think Steve, you mentioned alignment, anything come to you recently with, with that and to add on to, to anything, uh, that you were talking about last time in terms of this year being a year of alignment. Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I guess I'm just thinking like, I, I don't know. I, I maybe have some, some harder decisions to kind of work through for, for some of the stuff, but really, I, I guess I feel more almost like more at peace, like more at ease, you know, oftentimes I'm trying to think of like, okay, I want to grow this company and that company. And just like, I want to be doing all of these things, but I'll get spread so thin and then I won't be able to do like all of it well. And then I'll just kind of be like, man, what happened? Mm. Like I was working on this and then, you know, things throw you off track. Then like for a couple of days, you're stuck working on something you don't want to be working on. And so now I'm, I'm actually really excited about kind of my commitments to mm-hmm. what I've started. Like I've, I, I don't know. I feel like I've gotten a, a bit of a, a bit of a fire back. Like I, I think I, I'd sort of lost that maybe, I don't know if it was like a passion or, or a little bit of a excitement, but like now I've, I've kind of got that excitement back where like, I can't sleep because I want to be like working on a feature or I want to be writing something or I'll wake up early. And I won't be able to fall back asleep because mm. I, I like just thought about this thing. And then it's like, okay, I at least got to write it down. And I'm like, well, I wrote it down. So I may as well like start thinking about that and just get up and like start working on it. So I haven't had that a lot 
you know, recently, like in, in the last maybe you know, three or four years. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see that coming back. And I think the other thing is just, they talk about like motivation or, or inspiration. Like they, they just build habit, right? So if you use them frequently. So one of the things that I do to measure my progress is like every day I have to, I at least have to check in some change, right? I have to, mm. I have to at least commit some code that does something impactful, take something off of my list to like move forward. And so like just doing that consistently, like every single day, like no matter what the day is, no matter what it is, no matter when it is, like just knowing I have to do that, like I actually look forward to that. Mm. And so there was a time when I was like, oh man, I, I, I was kind of kicking myself. Like I shouldn't have committed to this. I shouldn't have told everybody. But now it's like it, like it's kind of come back around. Like I think there's that. Jeff actually showed me sort of this. It's a meme about like the, you know, at first like you have this idea, and then you're all like excited about it. Then you're like, kind of on the downside. Like man, I shouldn't have chosen that. Yeah. And then it's it's I don't know that it ever gets up to the peak, but it, it comes back right. And so as long as you can build the habits, to like keep doing something, then I think then the motivation comes from seeing the progress. And so that's right. like what I'm really excited about is like seeing the progress of a lot of this. And so that, you know, mm. and even just some of the things that I'm learning, like I'm getting so much better at certain things. Like it's, it, it becomes really rewarding. So I think I'm, right. I'm definitely happy with trying to be more, more aligned with where I want to, where I want to be. And I look forward to like kind of at the end of this year, like I, I'm going to be in a, a whole much, like a, a whole better place. place. Uh, yeah. Super excited. What's one how feature? Does, oh yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying like relative progress. I think it's, um, I think it's important sometime to, you know, if you're, if you're not feeling like you're making a lot of progress, you can always go back to the beginning and compare from there mm. to see a much greater, um, level of, of success or at least progress. Yeah, compared to yesterday, have I moved the needle? Well, a millimeter of progress is still progress, but over time, how much progress have I made? Quite a bit. Yeah. And um, I think at least to shake you out of that funk, we have the toughest conversations with ourselves every day. So um, I think it's a, it, it's a cautionary tale, one of, of hoping for massive amounts of progress uh, with you know minimal amounts of effort. That'd be great. Yeah, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. So just being kind to yourself too, about um, setting expectations and setting um, realistic, um, you know, thoughts around how much progress yeah. am I making? Am I am well, I crushing this? Absolutely. And I to echo that, or to extend what Jeff is saying. Like I'm, I've been walking around this property today, and this is a this is a property owned by an artist. I said, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I paint and I sculpt. And so anyway, last night, I didn't, I couldn't say anything last night when I checked in, but I've been walking around his property and he's gone today. And it's incredible, just these beautiful sculptures that are in the middle of nowhere and no one can see them except for, I guess, his Airbnb guests, but some beautiful, beautiful work. And I was just thinking today, what are, where are his metrics about how good he's doing? You know, how, how much progress he's made. Yeah. He's just Who's he making, making it for? Yeah, exactly. Well, he's making it for who himself, is right? Making it for? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the deal. Like, it does. Does he have a TikTok or Instagram following? Maybe. Yeah, maybe he does. Does he sell anything that's on his walls or that's you know the sculptures? Like, how much? Good question. Does he does he sell it? Is it for someone else or is it for yeah. him or for the environment? That well, he's the, the thing he said to me guy? was, I made these Airbnb, and he did he did beautiful work in the Airbnbs too, so like you know, develop construction wise. But he said I made these basically so that I can not have to work. And not, not have to have a job so I can just create all day. And it doesn't, so yeah, maybe he's got that, but it doesn't, it didn't sound to me like he cares that much about the, like appeasing the people and making the, anyway, he's kind of created a life where he's unle- un- unlocked himself from the need to, to always have to perform for everyone. And I thought, well, couldn't, what if I, what if I took a little bit of that inspiration towards the, the company? And just, you know, indulged myself to create things that I'm proud of and excited about. And, you know, if a feature is there, I think it's really cool. Kind of like you're talking about, Steve, and thinking about it, maybe I just build it and maybe someone likes it and maybe they laugh. But I mean, if it's worst comes to worst, it'll just be a sculptor no one sees and no one cares about. But at least I learned from it. it. And I learned. had fun. Exactly. Like that. I think that's the, the thing is like, can you get excited about it? Because that's. Like that's what keeps you going. Yeah. I think that's really it. Like working for someone and like doing stuff for other people, like it's, it's good, but it also has to be rewarding at the same time. I mean, there has to be that fulfillment aspect. And so even back to like Mark Manson's like, what are you willing to suffer for? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, if he's sculpting and getting his hands all messy, getting, I don't know, stuff tips over, like it breaks and he's got to put it all back together. Like, I mean, I think the same thing happens to us, like with code, like we maybe, have a feature and we're like, oh, we got to start over, right? And, and so, but like you still, even though like that might be the kind of the crappy part, like there's still, you still have the vision and, and at the end, like you're still proud or you're still excited about it. Like there's still, yeah. still something there, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so it's, like, it's interesting. That's a, so in that line, any, any features that. that have come to you recently that you've been working on this uh, past week uh, that you were excited about? Um, I've been doing a lot more with the UI and some of the stuff. So I, I guess just making it easier for people to use. I, I guess I have this tendency to make things more complicated or to add way more stuff. And so now that, you know, maybe like a couple weeks from launch, I, I really sort of got back to the basics. And so I've kind of had a bunch of features that are just sort of sitting there that I don't think anybody really uses anymore. They were just there for me to, I don't know. Some people said they wanted certain things to be done. And so then I just demonstrated like how, how it could be done. And, you know, now maybe taking out some of that stuff to again, just simplify it. I think I'll, maybe I'll like give you guys a demo for like when we load up one of the episodes and just like walk yeah, through. That'd be fun. Like what that, what that actually I, I would like. say that the stories we talk about, you know, agile development and everything else. I think those stories are important as they provide that basis for here is what a customer is actually going to do. And you you describe in detail. Da, 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 da. They have this. They have a podcast. They're trying to da, da, da. And Rob Walling said well, the customers. Well, in the SaaS playbook, you know, they, they he was talking about you know, some of these features. There's, there's going to be duds. There's going to be, I, I forget the the phrase that he had, you know, but the, basically the low, the, 
high effort, minimal return, the, the low effort, you know, but there are some no brainers, mm. he said. And then there are some that are like, yeah, that's really niche. Only one person's going to yeah. use it. But he said some of those, you know, you, you do, you do the headspace on it and you're like, that makes sense. But you can hide some of those features and make them only available on request for certain customers. You could, you know, have different tiers of where those other and you see this in like the value trees when they're comparing different plans. Oh well, that includes this base feature. Yeah. And then the next yeah. level, you get all of that plus this. Yeah. And, you know, so some of those little features that you're building, they might have. Uh, value for more advanced customers or you just keep the feature because it works you worked on it not everybody's going to use it but if somebody had it had a request wow wow did you just serve that customer instantaneously for that feature that you already did the work on um yeah, but I, I, I found that interesting you know the, well the it sounds that- like yeah yeah i love what you said jeff you could you could disable you could hi- keep the feature built you could keep the feature in the code but not show it to the interface so that it's there, but no one knows it. And I have a few of those uh, right now that we are just waiting to turn on and maybe, and even have maybe a beta program or something like that. Um, why take them out? Uh, there's no need to actually pull them out, but it is nice to start with, a, with less features at the beginning, make sure that those existing features are robust. They don't have, cause there's going to be tons of bugs everywhere. So why add more features when there's possibilities for more bugs? And then slowly bring them in when they're when you know the, the platform is stable. Um, mm-hmm. So that sounds wise. Uh, and then I, I love the idea of also putting them at a higher price for people if they really want those. Sure, we'll, we'll do that for you at this higher price. Um, and I'm I'm planning on doing that as well this year. Or that's part of our upgrade pack. Yeah. Or that's part of the next level of the plan. Well, if and that was one of the things. So actually, Rob was talking about. So he was just on. I don't know how it was maybe like a couple weeks ago, like on Arvid calls hmm. uh, podcast. And he was talking kind of about this kind of like some of these processes. So like, I think the feature gating was a, a big mm-hmm. thing that he also talks about in the book. Right. So have that, but then again, and actually even going back to Patrick Campbell, where he talks about like having pricing, like you can maybe have like 20 different combinations of pricing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Right? So if you want this feature, like you could just pay extra for this feature. Right. You don't have to get everything else. You don't. You don't have to upgrade the plan. A so la carte. the next tier of the plan, like yeah, it, it could be a la carte where you could then just add this feature or, nice. hey, you're a really cool customer. We want to give this to you, right? As a good point. As something, right? So there's, I don't know. So I think there's a lot of options to play with that, and then also use it for some some form of monetization. Or mm-hmm. if that's a make or break feature, right? <laughs> if they're comparing you against somebody else who has that feature, absolutely. Then do you just make it that- part of the default, or does the other is somebody else charging more for it? And What's the... We we talked about that. Um, you know, how could you build a process into your community, into you know your whole ecosystem around giving customers points, voting points, frequent flyer miles, if you will, for um, you know a monthly allotment or based on how much they spend, they get, you know, points to spend against your feature list. And I, I spent a lot of time thinking about, well, how would this be implemented? What are the pros and cons of it? 
you know, oh yeah, well the billion dollar customer, obviously they have a billion points that they could upvote yeah. a feature. Yeah, but then it would be done, you know, then it'd be done. Sure, they upvoted it, made that happen. But this is the idea where you, you, you almost give people the option to spend their points at the point store to upvote a list of, of features that are on your roadmap. So here are the features on the roadmap in this order. You want this feature down here to have a higher mm. priority? Spend your points. You're giving them a voice to be able to, you know, we're providing you the points to spend. You are voting your points on a particular feature or adding a new feature request and spending points around that so that we know how it's prioritized. And that, that brings the voice to the customer. What else does it do? And this is the, this is the, this is the flip side of that. You're getting them to participate with your, your platform. You are bringing them into your platform and giving them something that they can do there that is, you know, not just the main idea or function or form of the platform, but a way to help them have a voice in your direction without having to reach out all the time. And so it's a, hey, we're giving you something. These points you can spend against features or maybe discounts on swag or like whatever you want to spend those points on in our our development marketplace. But um, a way- Well, for wasn't that the, like, so like I guess the, the opposite of that though was like, so the base camp guys, right? So they intentionally wanted to have a flat price for yeah. everyone. Everything. So nobody could control any of that. And actually now they are like on a monthly subscription. Like, so there, there's something different mm. about that. But I think it was, I don't remember the, the book. It was like maybe like five years ago, they released a book. Um, is that the hard thing about hard things or is? No, that's Ben Horowitz. That's, 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 oh. um, um, that's really old. Um, it, it was. Doesn't have to be hard at work or whatever. I think it was. That a, might be it. Uh, that might be the one. Um, but I, I think in there we talked about like Basecamp. They they don't let their everybody pays the same price just because then nobody, if they lose one customer, they don't lose eighty percent of their revenue. Interesting. So th there was sort of this concept of then then they could be more focused on what features really matter as Got opposed it. to if you have somebody that's spending you know, right. a huge amount of money yeah. with you, you you may be more incentivized yeah. to do that work even if it's not in the best choice like for for the application, like even if it doesn't align with your, right. your direction, you may end up taking that road because you need the money or, you know, maybe times are, you know, getting leaner or you've just lost something else. Right. I mean, w whatever it is like money, I think money can influence a lot. Right. In, that, so in that case, couldn't you just give those customers, all right, you get five points, you get five points. You could get a temper. Yeah. 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 On, yeah. You know, yeah, our teacher or you could upvote a, um, the priority. Well, and, and at the same time, I think the, the base camp guys, right? Like I think DHH, whatever, like they changed that model. They went away from it. Right. So they, they initially talked about it being the, the better approach. I'm just not sure. Like, yeah. I, I never, I never read about it. I just, I was at base camp. Like I was, I was signing up again for like another place, mm. um, to use it. And then I realized like, wait a minute, uh, this isn't just $99 a month anymore. Like it's a, it sounds like you could, pricing. you could extract more revenue out of a model, the standard model of having different prices that meet different people, but it's, it's also more complexity, 
you know, having to manage those, those features. So I, I think you can make an argument that every, that either way is great. I mean, I used to, um, I used to, before I had, before I was doing a SAS, I did downloadable plugins and I would sometimes go to conferences and be like, downloadable plugins are way better than SASs. And here's all the reasons why and I had a great <laughs> argument. And then I eventually went to the SAS and now, you know, still actually think download plugins are pretty yeah. good. But SAS is I, way better than downloadable plugins <laughs> yeah. because. Right, exactly. But I mean, the, I would I would say stuff like, you know, everyone in this in, in this kind of field does annual. That's the standard. So it's kind of nice because everyone's. And anyway, so you can always make a case for this stuff. You do have to kind of decide, though, because they, they got to a place pretty early on where they were very successful. So they had kind of like the luxury to play around. And they had a reputation. Basecamp was a pretty novel product at the time, so they they had some luxury to kind of like take a stand. Um, and yeah. now they've they are adjusting, I guess. But it it, it is nice to have that. Um, I do think when you're small, you gotta probably you probably have to think about like what's gonna get me to that luxury mode fastest. So that you know, how, how do I get there quickly? Right. And who knows? But. Cool. Well, that, well done on that. I mean, I, I'm excited to hear, actually excited to see the demo coming up. Uh, Jeff, any, uh, any insights with your coding? I know you were, uh, hacking away at the keyboard all, all through the break from what I understand. Yep. There's, uh, there's stuff and, uh, you know, I think, <laughs> darn it, Kev, you, you talking about the, the marketing side and everything else. I started to go look at, um, hmm started to go look at competitive you know mm. offerings got it <laughs> and that not a fun experience <laughs> it it really wasn't it kind yeah. of like oh well crap you know yeah, it's right. like you know there are others that are already doing this or you know my but your idea is validated right like like that's, that's beautiful true. that's right true. and there's always room for the best right there's always room for something better of of course. And so I have, you know, my pep, my pep talk crew, Steve, you know, basically, you know, gave me that, that insight and said, yeah, that yeah. simply means that you are not wrong. And, and now how do you differentiate? How do you, I mean, there's a bunch of things. Wow. Look at what their pricing tiers are and how can you differentiate? How can you be better? Um, you know, a lot of things, you know, you don't want to, just race well, do to you the want bottom. to compete on price right i mean if right. You're, you don't want to race to the bottom bigger, right oh yeah well we'll make it for 9.95 instead of 9.99 you know what i mean there that's the that's the race to the bottom mentality and um, instead the features and things like that um maybe start going and looking at you know who has used your competitors what are the problems that they're running into um mm -hmm. and well, do you remember what rob said like in his book, right? Like I set a price that's high and then I work up to it. Like I make sure, like, so my price is high, but then I make sure I deliver that value. Correct. Right. Yeah. And, and I that, think that's, that I, I think it's important to remember that these are these adages that you constantly hear. So one adage that's always kind of bugged me is don't ever compete on price. Don't ever come. And I've had, I've had other entrepreneurs lecture me about this. And um, it's like, raise your price, raise your price. Okay. I have one feature. They have 10. What exactly do you think I'm going to do? Like I'm but the dumb person who's going to be like, Oh yeah, we're going to be, we're charging the same amount as them. It's $300 a month. 
oh yeah, I just have one feature and it barely works. You you have to also be realistic. Yes, I think that's wise. What you just said, Steve, is have the goal of the price and make sure you're raising it as you deliver more to that goal to to get to there. So I don't. I think that's a different mindset. Is my mindset is raising prices. My mindset is not trying to get racing to the bottom. So as long as you're as you're not trying to race to the bottom and use that as your main comp, comp, you know distinction, then I think you're okay starting off at a reasonable price that maybe is undercutting your competitors because they could have some reason to try you at the beginning, especially if you're way more buggy. Right, right. And validation, like, and validation. wow, yes. Validation, totally. it's great. Didn't have totally. to be such a slap in the face, but yes, it's great, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so having that kind of then made my gears start spinning. Yeah, well, okay, so now differentiation. Um, you know, how is it well, going to be a better Does it have to be experience? that different? I mean, and not to say like you shouldn't differentiate. I'm just saying like there's there's a lot of, and it's not so much like it, it can't, you know, it should be just a me too product. But I mean, kind of like if you think about Walmart or Target or other stores, right? People like their brands, right? I mean, they like their own things, right? So sometimes you'll use something because you like, the person or the person behind it or the company behind it, right? So there's not, yeah. even if they are somewhat similar-ish, right? I mean, there, there's a lot of- I've already thought of some things. I've, I've already saw, cool. thought of some things. I mean, um, something, that, just a, a, a point, case in point around validation. Say you find the competition and they're in a, another country. Um, well, cool. If it's, a, and, and this is one of those things where, U.S.-based companies, you know, say you wanted to do work with the U.S. government or government agencies. Well, they are more likely. In fact, in a lot of cases, you'll have to be based in the U.S. to do business with some, you know, with the the federal government, the U.S. federal government. Um, In a lot of cases, software, you know, domains where the company is or where they're um, so th- there's a bunch of little nuances to that. Yeah. It doesn't have to mean um, that you can't. But yeah, in this case, there was some competition that was offshore. And, um, you know, it started those things, those gears moving. All right, well, what does that mean? How can how can you differentiate? How are What are some things that uh, you have by being, you know, based here versus offshore? And, yeah, you have an English accent. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's true. I have several English accents. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the I I have to give my hats off to you though for doing the doing the exercise of looking at your competition because it's something that is so important and yet it's not fun to 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 do. Even even people that have you know have multi million dollar companies and they're doing great, it's not fun for them either. Um, I I just got a taste of it the other day. I was on a Facebook group. Um, related to courses and and uh, people start dropping all these platforms that I've never even heard of before and I started checking them out and just that experience was like Ugh. you know even, even right. you know I couldn't even figure out what it was or... I was like I don't know why I'm depressed but I I was just the, just knowing that there's other people competing with me was like this this emotional experience and then I thought later why why was it so you know why was it a big deal well I saw a lot of features that we didn't have for instance and I was like okay it's a good thing because now I can start to think okay well let me let me think about what we need to start focusing on down the road but um either way it's 
it's not easy to do. And the fact that you, you surrendered to that experience and just kind of let it happen and did the, did the process is, is really, um, I didn't not choose to make it happen, but yeah. once you, yeah. you know, had sparked that, oh yeah, I was starting to look and, you know, how do I market better and da 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 and our mm. competitor has this, da, 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 da. I'm like, oh yeah, well, I should probably go take a look at that, you know, <laughs> you know, and then I did and I'm like, oh crap. Mm. And um, so I immediately, again, I, I get my support team together, Steve, and I'm like, yo man, check this out. And he's like, well, you're validated. Yeah, like what it, exactly. What do you mean? Like, this is definitely something that people are looking for. There is a business here, you know, and you we'll are now. Yeah, 100 yeah. percent. So it's real. You know, I'm a real boy. You know? <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting uh, if you think about the a good a good kind of category to look at is um, either one wine or spirits. Um, I was just listening. I think it was a month or two ago. Maybe you heard it too, Steve. There was again the All In podcast. They had the they had one of the presidential candidates who was a spirit. He his family was into spirits. I think they had. Oh yeah, he's actually he, local to us here. Is he okay? Knows. Yeah, yeah. And wasn't it, it was a pretty it was a pretty kind of famous vodka brand maybe. Um, beautiful. Yeah. And, what was it? Um, oh, was it Belvedere? Yeah, that's right, Belvedere. So he talked about the origin story of that. Him, him, and his father or his stepfather were in Poland for a trip and they saw this beautiful glass of, of, uh, of vodka, a bottle of vodka. And they said, Oh, well, let's just bring it to the U S they didn't do any work. They didn't create a new vodka. I think, they think they bought the brand or they bought the rice to it. And, um, you know, and then I think Jay Z is the one who made it popular. It was a video. He, he was throwing it on people or whatever. Oh, yeah. And it blew up. And I just thought, isn't that interesting? There's nothing, no features. They didn't spend any time even building this product. They didn't do any taste testing. All they did was buy the stuff. I'm sure if they put this in a in a shot glass with three others and had people drink it, probably no one would tell the difference. Like, come on, it's strong. Yeah. That's all. And they made bazillions of dollars. And so I just think, well, you know, you can really have a product that the only difference is your marketing and maybe your right. bottle. You know Jay Z and they don't. There you go. Right? Like that's, exactly. the, right. that's the win. Right. So yep. Just you know, call it's them Dave right? Exactly. Do your Rick James thing with this. You <laughs> with know? this, yeah, exactly. So you know, I think that's a, a to, to Steve's point earlier. You can you can have a Me Too product, and if you market it a little better, you might still outsell them. Very likely, you could. Oh, I mean, there's all this stuff. Especially oh, that's with the AI plan right now. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, the, that's the plan. That's the plan. So, yes, around marketing. So scared scared myself a little bit but again validated um which then if you turn that around that can be just fuel more fuel mm -hmm. more fuel and steve talks about that a lot like you know it, well the other thing is like is it is it zero sum right is it literally just a pie mm -hmm. and there will there's only a finite amount of customers right there are some customers that will want you for, for whatever reasons right and so and there's realistically, there's always going to be more customers as long as more people are, are coming onto the earth. True. Right. So like more people coming onto the internet, more people coming around. I, I don't know, but which we need to talk like, about it someday because we have a declining birth rate. So if we want our companies to succeed, we yeah, yeah, that. we do getting people out there and having some kids. <laughs> Let's sponsor, I don't know, more batteries. Let's sponsor Belvedere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good idea. Yeah. I love it. So, 
but um, I would also like to get to a point where I have a demo in the next okay little while. So, but I'm not, what's I'm not the, giving you what, a date. I'm giving you an intent. <laughs> <laughs> next week. Not giving you a yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, there's so weeks, much going on. Five weeks. So much going on. And, and I will say this. Um, I've realized over this past holiday season, we'll just start. We'll even start with Halloween, which is hmm. I've always loved Halloween as a um, just, you know, a really fun you know, holiday yeah, you guys event. really get into it. I, I, you know, would have like, you know, projectors and like all sorts mm-hmm. of really crazy stuff before it got just kind of commonplace. Um, and, you know, I've had kids, you know, in the past couple of years where I've like started to ramp down because my kids are now, you know, mm-hmm. adults and, um, and, you know, oh, yours is our, usually our favorite house. And I'm like, well, you know, you know, th- thanks for letting me know how I'm slacking when it comes to <laughs> the Halloween decorations. But I haven't taken a lot of time off this past year. Um, you know, I, I went hiking in Utah um, or uh, Idaho with a buddy of mine, and that was that was some time for me. That was really good headspace stuff. Um, but um, yeah, I haven't taken a lot of time off. And I think just setting aside some time to kind of just, you know, leave me alone for a minute. I'm going to put a plan together and then execute against that. I think I really do need to spend some time away and maybe do the desert, you know, visit and, uh, you know, put some things, put some things on paper and start executing against that. Um, nice. I, I feel like I haven't taken time off and, and that's really a good exercise to do. Um, you know, getting out in nature whenever, however, mm. is, uh, is really, really good for the mind, really good for the creative side to come out. Um, real nature and just being in it really does show you the creative, the creativity uh, yeah, um, nice. it just makes it flow i like i'm gonna stereotype you both uh you know maybe some ice fishing i don't know Can you, you guys got that up you there? know <laughs> I, i've always heard so i'm you know born and raised in you know minnesota um and ice fishing was always explained to me as just a place to go hang out with your friends and right. drink beer that's true that's what i've heard you too know, i'm like I'm like, couldn't you do something warm? Or you... <laughs> like, well, that's why they have an ice house, right? So you're supposed it. to have the ice that's house it. with a TV, watch that's it. That's games, it. That's it. barbecue, you know, trying not to burn the place with... down. Yeah. It, you know, describe fishing. Well, there's all these automated tip-ups and everything else. You just watch. Hey, the flag's up. Cool. We got a fish. <laughs> you know, yeah. me another beer. You know, this is going to get ugly. Yeah. Sounds but fun. It's, my uh, beer. Yeah, snowmobiling. I mean, we're hardy folk. There, um, yeah. just because it's cold outside doesn't keep us from going outside. So, There's totally, that. I love it. That's and the way to do it. Cool. I want well, to do uh, cross country skiing. I think, you do? Um, I want to try that. Oh, nice. You know, oh, I okay. I used to ski when I was a kid, but it wasn't cross country skiing. I ran yeah. cross country when I was a kid, but um, um, even snowshoeing I think would be excellent exercise yeah. and. And beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Maybe jump in an ice bath, uh, ice creek while you're. <laughs> Maybe so. I mean, you know, I wouldn't put it past me. I've been known yeah. to do things like that. Oh, good. Um, 
Well, that sounds that sounds like a great plan. I'm excited to see uh, both demos. Uh, you know, when they come out or when you guys are ready. Um, and I sure are. maybe we, maybe that's the time where we'll start streaming to YouTube so people can actually see see the goods yeah. if you guys are comfortable. Uh, great, great. Well, we didn't get to any um, predictions. Well, should we do a, one prediction each? Um, there's a lot of I put a bunch of little categories in there. Is anything that stands out to you? Um, call it out. And I'm going to say, um, uh, oh gosh, there's a lot on here. I I would like to see, so let's say quantum computing breakthroughs. Any predictions there? Um, I would say in the next, well, in the next year, do you think, you know, I don't know. I'm going to guess things are moving so fast that I'll just put it out there. I think we're going to have a bit of a breakthrough with quantum computing. Um, and, uh, once that is paired with AI, it's, um, it's all over. (laughs) What I will say is once, so let's think about it this way. I'll, I'll make my prediction about security because that's something that's going to be important for everyone here and already is, I'm sure. Um, I really think that once quantum computing again, marries AI, we are really in for a big, big surprise with security. Um, as every encryption key is really up for grabs. I mean, it seems like it's going to be super easy to break that. So I guess the the limitation right now is getting quantum computing outside of a an ice chamber and really into more of a more practical setting. That would be one thing and then just be more efficient. Um, but as I, I do think that AI is probably going to help us develop some of those te- that technology. Uh, that said, I'm not an, I'm not any kind of expert on it. So I'm probably talking off my out of my butt right now. So any uh any thoughts on either security or quantum quantum computing from you guys? Room room temperature qubits, you know, room temperature qubits. There's already been some hmm. movement there, but being able to um, get to the number of qubits required to break substantially sized um, RSA keys and things like that. That's um, that's a little bit of ways. Um, like you said, if there is a breakthrough or more breakthroughs there, mm. then um, when they can get enough qubits together, then encryption becomes, or the the way we do encryption now right. is challenged. Got it. That being said, there are people in quantum talking about, okay, well, how do we do security mm. quantum style? And just like everybody's freaking out about, oh, AI is going to crush all these jobs. It also creates a whole right. new set of jobs. There will be a whole new set of security mechanisms that are backed by mm, quantum computing. Nice. Okay. Um, cool. And while it may um, be a challenge for traditional schemes, I think as things are ramping up, there will be, oh, pretty quantum safe quantum safe encryption or quantum based encryption that will come right alongside of it. Um, The key is going to be those companies or those people that are using it, you know, e-commerce and all the banks and everything else being able to, um, you know, invest and adapt and change and move their encryption capabilities up to the the next normal level. How are they going to get the mainframes to support quantum computing? Uh, they'll probably plug in, you know, they'll probably have a plug in for those mainframes, right? 
Yep. I mean, well, mainframes are already a modular you make a good point. I mean, yeah, we had, you know, think about the internet, just that, that dynamic of the internet brought a whole up, up the level of, of encryption like crazy. I mean, at the beginning, there was no HTTPS. It was just all wild west. And within a few years, people have been, you know, started to get used to, to adapting to these things. Uh, this is why there I should not listen to journalists and listen to engineers when it comes to these topics, because journalists know nothing well, about this. I, I don't think it's wrong to say that, hey, quantum can quantum could actually be a challenge to mm. our existing security yeah. mechanism. Yes, our existing security right. mechanism. Exactly. Good point. You, you know, so so I think that will necessarily have to change, and so will we. Mm -hmm. And really getting to a composable infrastructure level where, you know, cloud native, like all of these improvements in how we do everything, um, you know, tech debt is, it's all going to be the same kind of discussion yeah. where, okay, our level of encryption is, you know, now considered tech debt that we must migrate from and improve. Um, I did a CXO forum recently or participated in one down in Atlanta, and there was some some people that were from, I don't know if it was Checkpoint or, you know, some some firewall or security-based um, uh, company. There was somebody speaking there and spun up the audience around the FUD or, or was generating FUD around, oh, you know, quantum computing is going to, you know, da 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 and kind of use that as a, so mm. you really should invest ah, in, you know, firewall right. or security product X or whatever. Um, I'm not a big fan of leading with fear on a yeah. sales cycle. Yeah. Um, you know, I would rather lead with, hey, let, let's solve the problems that are here. And I'd really like to hear about your problems mm, versus, mm. hey, here's a whole bunch of problems. It's going to be a nightmare. Right, and you should right. Exactly. Money. It's sort of like, you know, survivalist kind of stuff. It's like, you know, the world's ending, buy some solar or whatever. You know, it's, uh, right. it's, it does work, yeah. but it's not. Yeah. What about you? Any other uh, predictions? Any categories you guys want to throw around before we take off? I think AI, like OpenAI, is going to. They'll still be dominant, but there's going to be other, like, like much more competitors. And actually, I see. I, I guess there, there's probably going to be a lot of local hosted stuff. So I mean, you can host this on your own on your own systems, right. and it's not going to take. Portable mod. You're not going to need the resources, um, I guess that that people need today. So I, I, I predict there's going to be, and maybe it's not going to be as powerful as say, let's say like GPT four. But for for a lot of, I guess very focused tasks, you'll be able to have those models run on your own systems, and I think that's a that's something that'll happen. And then, yeah, I think it's just going to be a really exciting year. Uh, we're going to have a new president. I'm wondering if that's going to have, if like somehow during the campaign, people are going to mention AI. Like, I wonder if that's going to be a thing yeah. on the campaign trail. Of course, there was AI an executive order recently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Biden brought it, you know, like mm. an executive order forward, you know, trying to put some sort of framework or something sure. around AI and things yeah, like have that. Somebody, have somebody check your work for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, OpenAI, write me an essay that doesn't look like you wrote it. <laughs> you know, um, 
you know, all of those things. Yeah. Put, you know, put a few typos in there, you know, sure. grammatical errors, you know, spiced up through there. So it yeah. doesn't do you guys think there will be any shakeup with some of like these AI startups? So I know there's kind of like every, every company new or, or otherwise has to use the word AI, like in yeah. some way. So do you, do you think we'll, we'll start to like see that like stop mm, that's or a do good you think question. that trend will still continue? I, I, I mean, if you look at the dot-com era, it, it was a good two or three years before we all, yeah, it was it like, it felt like it was 96, 97, you started to hear all these dot-coms come online. Yeah. It kind of blew up around 2000. So I, I think we have a few more years before so the hype, cycle the hype cycles, you know, gets blow, gets burst, let's say. Um, but clearly it will also, as we've said, it will also change the nature of startups. Um, you know, if OpenAI was kind of, you know, OpenAI before their merger with Microsoft sounds like kind of how Netscape was, and then eventually Microsoft took over. I think the fact that they paired themselves at the hip with Microsoft just means they're going to stick around for a while and, and endure almost anything. Um, but like I, like you say, I, a lot of these things that, you know, I actually I bought a subscription to kind of like a language generating one based on probably GPT two like a few years ago before you you know before everyone even knew what GPT was, and um, they had put like you know they basically tied into the API there and made a whole startup on it. I'm shocked that they're still going. I'm like, who's buying this thing? <laughs> like, what are you guys? You're just basically wrapping GPT, and and I'm not even sure a very good one. But I do wonder if with some of these, how long they'll be able to keep that going before it's like, uh, you know, this isn't useful. I mean, and I think that goes back to even our our previous point about you know like whether it's a me too product whether you just have one feature whether you suck at doing something like people are still there to buy it right and sometimes like just because they've started using it the cost to switch if it's too much and maybe even the maybe for them you know twenty dollars a month fifty dollars a month whatever they're paying it just absolutely fine like it's not not it's gonna be so fun to be part of the software eventually works and hardware eventually fails model. I can't wait to be a part of that. You know, hey, my software will eventually work, you know. Or, right. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, the discussion around the pie, how big is it? Well, it's, it's ever expanding. Um, and yeah. um, and un, unlimited resources. Yes. Right, to and maybe again, to my point earlier about birth rates, maybe it really is time to start focusing on uh, the developing world uh, where the birth rates are still pretty good. Maybe <laughs> shifting my right, focus right. to Brazil could be a good idea right now. Right, uh, right, right. Like, you know, until, your company in Brazil. <laughs> yeah, I'm, moving, I'm moving to India, everyone. Well, I mean, all kidding aside, yeah. you know, there, there's plenty of needs in the world. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, I, a real sobering, and this is, this is really going to turn dark, but, um, you know, there is still, I think, you know, an unbelievable amount of slavery in the world mm-hmm. and um, more so now than there ever has been. Wow. So uh, while insane. we have, yeah, well, you know, the historic, you know, yeah. actual slave trade and all that other stuff, like it's still a real, real thing no and affects in a major, like unbelievable numbers mm. around that. So um, we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Well, that's a good note yeah. to end with. Uh, 
Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it is good. To, it is good to think about that. Thank you, Jeff, for there's, for bringing that. To there's our just attention. a lot of good things to do yet. Yeah, so absolutely um, for the world. So cool. cool. All right, well, onward, everyone. Uh, we took a little yeah. extra time today, but um, I look Goodness forward to, uh, to catching in with y'all next week. And we're now we're back to work, hopefully, and have some have something to talk about with some of the progress. Lots of work to do. Out. Let's roll up the sleeves and get All to right. it. Sounds good. All right, we'll take care. We'll see you next time. Yeah, you too. See you guys.